and welcome back to My Black Mental Health with your host, Ty Dyer. I'm a second year counselor and training at Florida International University. My Black Mental Health was created to be a resource and a tool to help the Black community learn and educate themselves on mental health concepts, psychology terms, and to spread awareness. If you're new, follow me on IG at My Black Mental Health PC and on Twitter at MBMHPC. Like the Facebook page for updates, tips, and extra resources. You can check out the podcast on Apple or Google Podcasts, as well as Spotify, Radio Public, Breaker, Overcast, and Pocket Cast. I offer new episodes every other Saturday and bonus episodes on Thursday once a month. Join me today for our mental mini. Hello, and welcome back to My Black Mental Health. And I'm your host, Ty Dyer. So guys, you already know this episode is up late and to give you guys a little insight I am in the process of moving so everything has been chaotic um amongst this week being extremely exhausting it's just been very chaotic moving and unpacking and whatnot and I'm like my equipment is not all together but I am like very emotionally driven for this episode so I wanted to get it out to you guys by any means possible. So um, this week has been, like I said, exhausting, and I don't even know where to begin. It just seems like black people, well, my people, we don't get our deaths. We don't get um, what what we're deserved, you know? If you've been paying attention to the news, um, it seems like we are starting a revolution. It seems like we are saying like enough is enough and right now we're fighting fire with fire in recent news other than um, black lives matters movements i wanted to address the fact that the world is opening up again and i think that is completely crazy (laughs) but if you know we're not making money then the economy tanks and then you know it's a ripple effect so what you know our government decided to do is open up the world in different phases and i live in florida so um we just started phase one like monday which in phase one some restaurants opened with you know still following guidelines and social distancing people still having to wear masks when they go out but i feel like with them reopening the world they decided to become a little bit lenient with uh these rules and these guidelines because I have seen videos of people in Miami just out and about, no mask, and it's just kind of like suggested, not necessarily like required like it was before. I can say that I have seen people get away with being in the grocery store without uh, masks on. I've seen people on snaps and stories just at the beach or, you know, the park or a public area without a mask on, or people aren't social distancing, so I'll see in like Wynwood area people are at the bars and they're like shoulder to shoulder like as if you know the pandemic just went away as if COVID just disappeared and I think that's another thing that worries me is that with the world opening up again people are getting this false reality that you know we're safe and COVID is gone or it's been minimized or we've been able to um, contain it and none of those things are true we are still getting cases every day and people still need to take precautions so with that being said people still be mindful even though we are opening up in these phases be mindful of you know your faces don't touch your face still be mindful of washing your hands as necessary as possible 
Only wear gloves if you have the means to change them every time that you touch something or be cautious enough to not touch something and touch your personal belongings or your face. Um, try not to go out. I know it, it's the cabin fever in us and we are itching to go out. But try not to go out unless it's necessary. You know, still stay as if we were on the stay-at-home order. Go to the grocery store. Anywhere that you deem appropriate and necessary to go. Your jobs. I know some jobs are going back to um, being present in your actual workspace instead of in your home. Um, I want to do like some posts on that and about, you know, adjusting back to normal life. Um, But this episode... This episode has gone through phases. So originally before anything had gone down in, you know, the world, this episode was going to be another cabin fever episode on um, child abuse and child neglect because I feel that that is a very important topic to talk about. But the world is opening up again, and in the world opening up, we've been dealing with... um, police officers and police brutality and a revolution rioting and protesting and all of these things so I wanted to change gears a little bit because it's been weighing heavy on my mind and I wanted to talk more about the Black Lives Matter movement and racial trauma and just how it affects our mental health because honestly a lot of us are becoming traumatized and in the sense of being coming traumatized we are reacting either in anxiety and anxiousness or some of us are becoming depressed, or, you know, we just feel hopeless. Like, what what is it that we can do? So I'm here to just talk about, you know, racial trauma a little bit and give you guys a little bit of insight on how it could be affecting you. And I don't necessarily want to give you all tips on what to do about it just because I'm not in a space yet that I can give you that. And honestly, right now, I feel like we need to take time to grieve um, the loss of George, but I also think we need to time, take time to grieve the process of what we think our change is going to be. We need to grieve what we thought the world was and what our new normal will be as a community, as a black community. So stay tuned for an insightful conversation. So what is racial trauma? Basically, racial trauma is a form of race-based stress. So people of color, indigenous people, um, black people, I differentiate the two. Whenever we um, experience a dangerous event, whether we perceive it's dangerous or if it is a real threat to us, and it's based off of a racial discrimination, there is the possibility that we can develop racial trauma. The experiences that may lead to racial trauma are like threats that you can be harmed or injured, humiliating and shameful events, um, witnessing racial discrimination towards other people of color or black people. Racial trauma is very similar to post-traumatic stress disorder. The only thing that makes racial trauma unique to its disorder is the fact that it includes an ongoing individual and collective injuries due to either the exposure or the re-exposure to race-based stress. With post-traumatic stress disorder, the disorder is based off of the person dealing with the difficulties after experiencing or witnessing a terrifying event. People of color and black people are 
being traumatized over and over again. They're being re-exposed to either the videos of the shootings, the hashtags that keep going on, or, you know, just the regular injustices that we see other people going through and sometimes ourselves going through because I can tell you there's been plenty of times that a cop will get behind me and I get the heart racing and my palms sweating. Those are symptoms of anxiety. I'm stressed out that I don't even know why this cop is getting behind me, but I am afraid, honestly. Honestly and truly, I'm afraid. And I know I didn't do anything wrong. I've talked about this plenty of times on older episodes, but just the fear that they might stop me overwhelms me. And that changes from post-traumatic stress because I haven't witnessed anything, but I have been exposed to the different injustices, whether it has been a shameful event or a humiliating event for a black person, I've seen it. I've witnessed racial discrimination and I've seen it turn from a conversation to harm. So in that sense, when I go outside and a police officer does get near me, I do feel those symptoms start to peak. This can happen to many black people and people of color. People of color and indigenous people experience, you know, racism, discrimination, microaggressions that affect their mental and physical health. People don't realize that what's going on in the world really is affecting us as a whole community, as individual people. This week has been so exhausting for me just because I've been trying to gather all of the information that's being thrown at me, process it, and try to figure out how I feel about it because I'm I'm sad about it, honestly, and I'm tired and I don't really know how much to speak up, how much more to post and, you know, try to get people's attention because at this point it's blatant and I know you see it. So it's in your attention and it's just like you don't care because it's not affecting you, which is hard because like I said, like I live in Florida I live in Miami, Florida at that, and we are a very diverse group. A lot of people like to call us the melting pot because we have every nationality almost you can think of that, you know, immigrates here. But it seems like once they get to Florida, they build their own community and they distance themselves, separate themselves from us black people and forget that we're fighting the same fight. They feel that they have created opportunities for themselves and black people should do the same thing. But black people aren't warranted the same opportunities. We didn't get programs that helped us and uplifted us and promoted us to a higher statue. We got programs that kind of kept us in a generational cycle of just being barely okay, you know? So the narrative that they've created in their head is that we're lazy and we just want everything handed to us, but... That's not the truth. We just want the same opportunities given to us that are given to you. And it doesn't make sense to me that that's such a foreign concept for people to understand. Like, I shouldn't be afraid to go outside and not know if I'm going to make it home every single day. I shouldn't have to fear that my boyfriend's going to leave. And just because he's a black man, he's tall and he's more on the bigger side they're they're threatened by him and I have to fear like oh my god is he coming home tonight like if he gets stopped what's gonna happen same with my brothers I have two big brothers like no well I have a big brother and a little brother but they're (laughs) taller than me so I call them big brothers and like I I worry about them because they look like that stereotypical 
black guy that you would, you know, think is up to no good. At least that's what society views them as, because if you ever got to know them, you know, they're the sweetest things. So it's just crazy that they create these narratives and they say that, you know, we're not trying to be better people. And then they use um, what's going on recently in the news as fuel to the fire to like condone and like make as if their statements are true when they're not people are tired they're tired of peacefully protesting Colin Kaepernick protested for two years straight just like peacefully kneeling and they were rioting they were upset at him peacefully protesting so now that we're here tired of peacefully protesting tired of being tear gassed and tired of being pelted with rubber blue, rubber bullets now we're, we're fighting back we're fighting fire with fire and they're upset and my opinion on that is just literally that when you get exhausted and you're fighting to like figure out what else to do if all that's left to do is fight back that's what people are going to do we've exhausted all of our options at this point and the only thing we can see fit is do what you are doing to us which is kind of crazy because we learned this in kindergarten, like not to do this, but they aren't following anything else that you learn in kindergarten either. It's like their basic um, developmental skills have been depleted or just, you know, they never made it to the next cycle, which I could talk about that a little bit later on um, another episode about developmental cycles and crises. And I feel that a lot of white people are living in a constant crisis we talk about the black generational curses, but we never really talk about the white ones, like our white counterparts. They have curses on them as well. And their generational curses are basically racism. And they use that every generation. It, it just, it's a never ending cycle. They teach it and you know, you just know, like you don't, you're not born racist, you know? Someone had to teach you that. And that's just what's going on. They're con continuously setting up a lineage of family members that are going to hate black people for simply being black. It's not even, I, I don't even understand. Like if it was something deeper, maybe I could get it. But it's literally the fact that I can tan and you can't. I can't get over it. Sometimes I just want to sit back and laugh at the idea because it's so stupid. But... At the end of the day, I can't because it's mentally affecting us. And I could rant about this all day long about how it's affecting us, but majority of us see it. We're exhausted in our bodies, we're drained. We are mentally drained. It's hard to deal with this. It really is hard to deal with trauma. Initially, it's hard to deal with just trauma in general, especially because our brains don't necessarily understand that Trauma could be something that is perceived a threat and that we're not actually in immediate danger, but just being exposed to it. Our body, our mind goes into either flight, fight, or freeze mode, whether you notice it or not. And a lot of people don't notice the third freeze mode as, you know, one of the responses that your body does when you're in danger. Okay, so let's get into this a little bit more. What does it look like when your body is in fight mode? Fight mode doesn't necessarily mean like something happened and you were ready to go in. Sometimes that, that is what it is. You go in and you fight. But sometimes your body responds in a way where you cry. Your hands make fists and you have the desire to punch, but you don't. 
you clench your jaw, grind your teeth. Uh, some people can snarl. Sometimes the fight is in the voice. Sometimes the fight is in your eyes. Sometimes the fight is literally the desire to stomp, kick, smash with your legs. Like the feelings of anger are in you, rage are in you. Sometimes you have homicidal or suicidal feelings, knots in your stomach and nausea, that burning sensation that you feel in your stomach sometimes. Now, with the freeze response, it's more of feeling stuck. You know, like when you can't move forward, you're feeling cold and numb and your body sometimes can go limp. Signs of this is like stiffness, like the tension you feel in your body. Sometimes it can be withholding your breath and restricting your breathing, Um, heart pounding, or even decreased heart rate, where you feel that there's some form of threat is around you and you can't, again, move. The fight, the flight response is more of the restlessness you feel. So that could be the restless leg syndrome where you're you're moving your knee up and down, your feet or legs go on um there's anxiety, shallow breathing. Um sometimes your eyes are darting back and forth because you're trying to figure out where to go. Um it could be feeling like you're trapped, again feeling tense. Um sometimes it could be like one of those needs like the urge to run. You feel like you have to get out of there. Some individuals may um, have traumatic stress responses to a traumatic event, but it doesn't develop into you know PTSD. Like I said earlier in the episode, PTSD and racial trauma are different. They have similar tendencies, but a traumatic stress response may just include the involuntary reaction that you have to the situation. So one of those flight, fight, freeze responses, but after the body experiences this high stressful event, the body is quickly able to regulate itself after the event, you know? It's like having a medical procedure that may trigger a specific stressful response, but it doesn't interfere with the quality of the person's life. That may not be the, you know, the case for all of us because trauma can be on a continuum. So it can start with this one single event, but you may have that linked to something similar in your family life. So you experienced something maybe when you were younger that reminded you of this event. And then that can go back even another generation to um, colonization and war, let's say. So it can start with war. Your grandparents went to war to fight for rights then you realize that somehow that tr- that trauma translated into your family's dynamic and how you handle family situations is different. Some families do experience what is like called prolonged family violence, which could include physical, sexual, or emotional abuse within the family context. And it can also involve witnessing violence in the family between, you know, your caregivers. In addition to that, it's what is overlooked, honestly, just because a lot of the times these significant impacts are experienced at childhood and it's neglected. Because it's neglected at childhood, um, when we grow up, 
the psychological abuse is continued and never healed or resolved. So it tends to turn into adulthood depression. Trauma has continued because of colonization and war. And what I mean by that is trauma can be a direct result by colonization and war. It's colonization has been defined as a process where one group of people assumes control over another group of people. Historical trauma has been defined as a collective complex trauma inflicted on a group of people who share a specific identity or affiliation, ethnicity, nationality, or religious affiliation. It is numerous traumatic events happening to a community that experiences it over generations. It encompasses the psychological and social responses to these events. So some examples of this is literally what is going on right now with the Black Lives Movement. Basically, we have been seeing over generations, decades of abuse and um, injustices due to us being a, a different ethnic group, basically. And at this point, we have gone through one war and a revolution, and it seems like we're repeating that. So we, as this generation, will experience historical trauma from this movement, from all of the police and brutality. We are living in a history book, I know, and I think that is kind of wild to see. And of course, the experience of war itself is identifiable as a traumatic event. For some people, they are born into the culture where war is the only experience and context that they know, but for others, that's not the case. In addition, those who are sent into war, like soldiers and military personnel, will experience a level of PTSD or traumatic experiences due to war. I feel that the Black Lives Matter movement is basically going through war already. We aren't military personnel per se, but we have labeled ourselves soldiers and we go out there and we fight. So the people that are protesting where there's where these protests turn into riots and they have to defend themselves it is like simulating war for them and i'm not going to go as far as to say that they'll have ptsd from it but they can have ptsd like symptoms or secondary symptoms from ptsd that are just as strong and just as mentally draining as ptsd would be for a soldier out in afghanistan Many of us understand the physical symptoms that we um, experience from these traumatic events, but I just want to go over a little bit more about that. Sometimes there are several physical problems that may include um, cardiovascular disease, respiratory disease, chronic pain conditions, um, and different illnesses that you may develop due to PTSD-like symptoms. If we move on to the emotional effects, we know some of us are feeling guilty. Some of us are feeling like we don't know what to do and we feel helpless and hopeless. We feel depressed. We are feeling like damaged. We have anxiety. Some of us are feeling panic attacks, feeling fearful. Like I said, some of us don't even know if we can go outside and come home at the end of the day. 
so that leads to going to extremes and that can have some of us develop compulsive and obsessive behaviors um, we might feel out of control because a lot of this stuff is out of our control and that may lead to the feelings of irritability and anger and resentment feelings of emotional numbness and difficulties within your relationships i don't know about you guys but i can say that i've unfollowed so many people and i wouldn't state that that is a difficulty in my relationships but it did open my eyes to see that not everyone around me is really here supporting me i have been taking note and if I've seen an All Lives Motor Matters post or if I've seen something like you haven't posted all week but that on Tuesday you decided to post a black screen and saying solidarity with us, where was all of this energy a week ago when it happened? Or where was all of this energy a year ago or two years ago? Because honestly, it keeps happening. And at this point, like I said, we're fed up. So this is a different change. We're not peacefully protesting this time. We are, well, a lot of us actually are peacefully protesting. It's just turning into whatever it's turning into due to the outliers. But the narrative is that we're not peacefully protesting this time. And it's not that. It's just we're so, we're, we're constantly posting this time. There isn't a way that you can get on Instagram or Twitter and not see somebody saying something. And that's how it should be every single time. And it, honestly, it shouldn't be in every single time. There should be a, a reform. There should be a change. And honestly, that's where I'm moving towards. Um, before I get there and get all ranty again, let me continue with the cognitive um, experiences that people may not notice. So there may be memory lapse when dealing with trauma, loss of time, being flooded and overwhelmed with the recollections are the flashbacks of the trauma difficulty making decisions um decreased ability to concentrate so i know i've been seeing a lot of tweets where it's like you want to get off of twitter and you don't want to overwhelm yourself and you know you need to unplug but then at the same time when you're doing the things to unplug maybe being throwing yourself into something productive or even just trying to relax it's really hard to even concentrate on that because your mind is so one-tracked on what is going on around you Feeling distracted, again, the same thing. You don't feel like you're doing your normal routine. And again, thoughts of suicide. I I am here, guys. So I feel very heavy in this time. And I know it's really hard to unplug because we want to post and we want people to hear our voice and we want to make actions. But honestly, sometimes we just need to unplug for ourselves, for our mental health, for our brain. Give it a break. I'm not saying don't post ever again. I'm not saying don't post even for the rest of the day. But even if you just take two hours and you say, I am not looking at any social media. I am not going to repost anything right now. I'm going to do some me time. And in that time, really ground yourself. Grounding yourself, doing meditation, doing um, deep breathing exercises. Um, I am going to do an episode on EFT because I just learned it in my um, practicum. And I think it's the best thing ever and it can be done literally anywhere so why look out for an episode on emotional freedom tapping spiritually we may feel like we have a little purpose we're questioning the presence um if there's a higher you know power or greater than ourselves questioning one's purpose questioning like who am i where am i and do i matter because honestly 
right now some of us are in that space where we're like okay I'm constantly telling you I matter and you're constantly telling me no everyone matters and it's like yeah I'm included in everyone. So if you can't understand that black lives matter, then you definitely don't understand all lives matter. So stop pushing that to me. Feelings disconnected from the world around us. I know a lot of us are feeling that. We feel, I'm glad that we have the feeling of having the community behind us. I can say that I don't feel that I can't come to any black person and vent about how I'm feeling right now. So I love that, but we do feel that there is a disconnect between the black community and the rest of the world. The rest of the world has decided the, to respond in a way where they disassociate. So the strategy is often used when um, in fight flight response. So it's an adaptive response to freezing. Basically they shut down and draw less attention to themselves and in this, it becomes a coping mechanism for experiencing trauma. But it's important to recognize what's going on around us and to learn and to bring this awareness so you're back in the present. Nothing is going to change if you keep disassociating yourself, saying that this has nothing to do with you. We're going to keep being mad and we're going to keep rioting. And if that's what you want, then that's what you're going to get. And I hope that's not what the world wants. I would hope that they would want change. And I would hope that they could see that this is crazy, that black people need rights and we deserve to live. I don't understand how that's even a question. I don't understand how anyone can question the right to live. And I'm going to leave it there. I'm going to let that linger. If you want to do more for the cause i will have links to where you can donate in the description and if there are more protests i will post them on the ig so you guys can participate and to know that sometimes unplugging is what's necessary and that may just be the answer i have for you guys today i know i usually do kind of a treatment kind of option afterwards but these are sensitive times, and we are still dealing with corona, so reach out to mental health professionals via telehealth, unplug, and vent to a trusted friend. Be well. Find peace. Cheers to happy healing. I hope you found this mental mini to be informative and helpful. Just remember that I am a guide to mental health and wellness, but not a replacement for seeking out professional help. Follow me on IG at my Black Mental Health PC and on Twitter at MBMHPC for the latest. Send me a DM or a message to let me know what you've learned and what you'd like to learn next. The more you know, the better you feel and heal. Cheers to happy healing.